Hello, beautiful souls. You're listening to the Angels and Awakening podcast. I'm your host and angel medium, Julie Jancis. As this episode airs, we are in the midst of COVID-19. Friends, this is tough stuff. There is discomfort and frustration for some, loss and grief for others. And while we're not here to minimize anyone's pain, in the midst of all of it, there is also beauty, love, grace, and compassion in the coming together, kind actions, and rebuilding. We can all see so clearly now that what impacts just one person on one side of the world can impact everyone everywhere. We feel oneness and empathy for one another like never before. This is a massive shift, a global awakening. Allow it to shift and awaken you. Know that as you do, we're here for you, to pray with you, to share your stories, to shine some light, and to help in any way we can as you heal. If you'd like to work one-on-one with me, book a distance session, or take the Angel Reiki School online to develop your own unique spiritual gifts. If you want to hear, feel, and connect with your personal angels more clearly, take my online angel communication e-course. Your angels want me to tell you that you're going to be okay. They want you to put together your own spirit team here on earth, a team of people and resources who can help you in every area where you need support. And we hope that you'll make us a part of your earthbound spirit team. Thank you for being here. Thank you for letting us be part of your healing journey. Now let's dive into the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I am here with Sensei Alex Kakuyo, and he is the author of the new book, Perfectly Ordinary Buddhist Teachings for Everyday Life. We're going to jump in right now with Sensei to talk about a couple of of little things. We want to talk about meditation. We want to talk about uh, your angel story. And then we're going to dive into the meditation, which is really a healing tool that you can use today. Sensei, thank you so much for being here. Wonderful. Thank you for having me. You're so welcome. I love, love, loved our chat for Monday. I want to start with this. When I get into alignment, when I'm deep in meditation, and it can be now, it used to be where I just had to sit in meditation to get to this place, but it's as if my crown chakra is open and I'm no longer my consciousness feeling the body as much as I am feeling the auric field and the space surrounding the outside of my body. Is there any Buddhist teaching about this high vibrational feeling? Is this something that you experience when you're in meditation? Can you talk to us more about it? Sure, sure. So what we have to understand about uh, spiritual practice and Buddhist practice is that the world exists, but how we experience the world changes based on our mindset. So you can imagine a a pantry full of food, right? The food doesn't change per se, but whether it's good to eat or not depends on how we cook it. So when we are meditating, when we are practicing spirituality, we are cooking ourselves and making ourselves into a form that is a little easier to So what we're experiencing when we experience these higher vibrations is that we've changed our mind so that it's interacting with the world in a more skillful way, in a more um, conducive way, I would say. We're no longer reacting from fear. We're no longer experiencing greed, anger, ignorance. That filter has been dropped away and we're able to see the world as it is, which is a place of beauty, a place of love, a place of kindness. But you know, through our workings in everyday life, sometimes we miss that. So our practice then simply is us removing the veil so that we can see the world more clearly. And we do this in Buddhism in a variety of ways, either through focusing on the breath or through doing visualizations. There's lots and tips and tricks that we can use, but the goal is simply to marinate ourselves in such a way that that life becomes more flavorful as a result. Do you 
physically feel any different vibrational frequencies or sensations when you're in meditation? Yeah, so when I meditate, what generally happens is I feel like there's a weight that I'm carrying, and then that weight has been removed. So it's interesting. The word in the first noble truth, Buddha states life is suffering. And the word he uses for that is dukkha, uh, which means hard to carry or difficult to bear. So another way to look at the first noble truth is to say that life is hard to carry. We have weights, we have responsibilities, jobs, family, friends, bills, and we're carrying all that around and we get tired. And when we meditate, what we are doing is two things. First, we are taking off that backpack momentarily and saying, I'm going to pick you up later. You're not going anywhere, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rest for a little bit. No different than if we were going on a hike. And we're also examining what's in that backpack, those desires that we have. Buddha also said suffering is caused by desire. That's the second noble truth. And then the third noble truth is the way to end suffering is to end desire. And the fourth is the way to end desire is the noble eightfold path. So what he was saying there is not that desire is bad or evil or that we shouldn't have it. If I'm hungry, I have a desire to eat. And it'd be scary if I didn't. But what he was saying is we need to examine our desires. We need to examine those rocks in our backpack and figure out which ones are worth carrying and which aren't. So what I always feel when I'm meditating is a lightness. Because inevitably, there's some weight that I've been carrying through the day, a, a conversation with a coworker, a experience I had at the supermarket, and a memory from my childhood that's hurtful, and I've been carrying that, and it's weighing me down. And I feel lighter when I meditate because I'm putting that burden away. I have never heard people describe things and put things in a way that people can understand like you do. It's it's just such a gift that you have to put things in a way that people grasp it, understand it, and can digest it. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that very much. Yeah. I, I want to ask you this too, because on Thursdays here on the podcast, we talk about angel stories and angel stories to me are some way that the universe source, God, maybe in your case, Buddha comes through to let us know that there is a space where existence does continue after our body in this world passes on. And I'm wondering if you have any angel stories of of connecting with the other side in some way, of just knowing that for certain within yourself from experiences that you've had. Sure, sure. So I'll take this back first to an essay um, in my book, Perfectly Ordinary Buddhist Teachings for Everyday Life. And then I'll build on that. So I had an experience. I was doing a, uh, a meditation retreat with a Chan Buddhist monk by the name of Venerable Shi Ying Fa. And it was a traditional Buddhist retreat, meaning that there was no cell phone, there was no laptop. We were living in silence the entire time uh, to the point where we weren't even allowed to make eye contact with one another because that's another form of communication, right? So we were really turning inward for the entire time we were training. And we were spending our days in meditation and doing chanting. And I had this experience where we're doing walking meditation outside. So we're in a cabin in the woods. We go outside, we walk around the property. And I'm walking and I'm walking, I'm focusing on the breath, I'm being very embodied. And I step on a twig. And the entire world changes in that moment. It was incredible. It was like going from watching a black and white TV in the 50s to now you're watching a 4D, 1080p high-def TV, right, in present day. Everything lit up. And I'm looking at the trees. And in the book, I say they weren't just brown. They were brown. 
in all capital letters, right? Because I'm noticing it's not just one color. There's a multitude of shades in every tree. It's like a rainbow of brown, right? And I'm looking at the ground and there's these dead leaves, but now they're not just dead leaves. They're like glowing orange and yellow and there's all these fantastic things and curves and lines. It's almost like looking into a diamond, right? And I'm walking and I'm experiencing this and no one else knows what's going on, right? So I'm trying to like keep my cool, but then also just take it all in at the same time. So it was very wonderful. It was also very overwhelming. Okay. But I was like, I'm just going to go with this. We'll see what happens. And then I get back, we get back to the cabin, we go inside, I step through the door and everything goes back to normal. It's like, okay, that was interesting. (laughs) And then we go through our meditation and changing again. It comes back to the time we're going to do walking meditation. I go back outside and everything's normal. No colors, no, no nothing. It's just normal, plain Jane, cold winter day. And initially I was very sad because I liked that high definition view of the world. It, it, it was fun. I enjoyed it and it was very pleasant. But what ended up happening is I bent down and just on a whim, I looked at old and just really like brought it close to my face. And what I saw was that all those colors, all those striations, all that texture was still there. It hadn't gone anywhere. I just had to look more closely to see it. And then I, I looked at a tree and same thing, that rainbow of brown was still there. I just, again, had to look more closely to see it. And that's where the title of the book, Perfectly Ordinary, comes from, because I realized that this, this pure land that I was looking for was right there. I just hadn't noticed it yet. Right. So in my experiences with, with Buddhism, what I've learned is more and more is that if I learn to look at this world we live in more closely, I'm able to see the beauty and the heaven, if you will, that we're all hoping for right here in daily life, which is such a gift and is so so fantastic. And then, you know, in reference to the afterlife, so there, there are various teachings given by Buddhism in terms of what happens after we die. Uh, there's reincarnation, there's rebirth, there's birth in the pure land, which is understood to both be a celestial realm we go to after we die and be a place we live in currently in this life. As we talked about in um, our previous conversation, two things can be true at once in uh, Eastern understanding. And what I think of when I think about the afterlife and what I've learned through my, my chanting of Nimbutsu and my my taking refuge in Amida Buddha, the Buddha of infinite light, is that I am part of something bigger and deeper than myself. And when I die, it's not so much that I, quote unquote, am going away. It's simply that I'm returning home and going back into that larger thing, right? So if you imagine a wave that crashes into the ocean, the wave, quote unquote, dies, it's no longer there anymore, but its pieces and parts haven't disappeared. It's just returned to the ocean it came from. Or a leaf that falls from a tree, it, it dies, it falls to the ground, but then it becomes part of that tree or of a new tree again. So I take great comfort in knowing that even if I, small I, am not here any longer, there's a big eye that will always exist. And I will always be part of that in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. I see it as kind of like three different realms of consciousness Mm -hmm. where we're here and people talk about different lifetimes. And I think it's silly for us to think that earth is the only place where we can have an incarnation in a physical body and that there are different realms of being that we can be at that first layer of consciousness where there is duality and there is physical experience. And when I tap into the other side, there's actually two layers that I feel are above 
And when I say above, it's not like out there somewhere in the universe. It's actually right on top of here. And if you go deeper, it's within everything. It's So think about it this way. Like the second layer that they show me is a place where we can still experience some layer of physical reality in Mm -hmm. a way, but there is no duality. So there is no low vibrational frequency, no pain, no hurt, no suffering. There's pure peace and love and ease and grace. And uh, I see that there is that when we talk about that oneness of all that is, that's the third and highest realm Mm -hmm. of consciousness. And I used to be really scared uh, when I first started this work because I said, God, I don't want to go to a place where there's a void, right? Or that um, there's a nothingness. And I really felt God come through and say, you don't understand and your physical mind where you are right now cannot comprehend this. But you work your consciousness to a point where every experience you've ever had is all happening simultaneously at once. So you're never without your partner, you're never without your parents, you're never without your kids, you're always with everyone you've always loved. Yeah, 100%. And you said something, some some very interesting things there. So first off, the idea that this isn't something away from, it's something on top of and within. And that's very interesting, because that mirrors my experience at the cabin, very much so. And in Buddhism, we have something called the Trikaya teaching, which is a teaching Buddha gave in the Lotus Sutra. And he divides our understanding of Buddha, the universal Buddha, into three parts in a similar way to you did, the way you did. So we have the Dharmakaya, which is the universal Buddha. That's the truth body of Buddha, the sort of primordial essence of enlightenment, if you will, that everything comes from. And then I'll say on top of that, though, that's not correct, but that kind of builds the imagery. Um, on top of that, we have the Sambhogaya. And this is the joy body or the celestial body of Buddha. So when people talk about angels, for example, that's what they're referencing. Kanan, the Bodhisattva of hell or Bodhisattva of compassion. Uh, Jizo, the Bodhisattva of hell beings. Amida, the Buddha of infinite light. These are Sambhogaya. These are celestial beings. And then on top of that, we have the Nirmanakaya, which is the physical body of Buddha. So this is the Buddha Siddhartha Gautama, who lived and died 2,600 years ago. This is us. This is the houseplants, the cats. This is Buddha in physical form, right? So, but going back to what you said about your mind can't comprehend it. This is all one thing, right? Our discursive mind separates it so we can understand, which is fine. It's necessary, but part of our spiritual practice is to see through that when needed, right? Um, So we could almost think of it as the difference between water, ice, and steam. Very different in form, but it's all water at the end of the day. It's all H2O at the molecular level. And the same with us. We have the universal Buddha. We have the celestial beings. We have us, the physical beings. Different on the surface, but at the molecular level, it's all Buddha, right? So my understanding of celestial realms, of -of out-of-body experiences, things of that nature, this is our mind attempting, our discursive mind, attempting to make sense of experiences we have when we experiences those other those other forms of Buddha, right? Because we can't comprehend it because we have these physical forms, but we can see small snippets of it, right? And this is important. This is an important part of practice because the Sambhokaya, the angels, the, they act as a bridge between us and the universal Buddha, right? So we can't go directly there, but they one set an example, letting us know that this is this is possible. Uh, and we see this in iconography. Kanan, the Bodhisattva of Compassion, she's she is often shown not in some 
heaven realm far away from the world, but she's always right down here with us, right? So she's riding a dragon in the ocean. There's giant waves all around her, but she has this beautiful, calm expression on her face, showing us that we can do the same, right? Acting as that bridge between us and the universal Buddha. So there's two things there. We have to be careful to not think that the angels and the celestial beings and the celestial realms is all there is because there is something beyond that. There is that universal emptiness, not void. It's not a nothingness that's there, but it's a oneness that exists. So we can't get stuck in the middle. We have to keep going. Yeah. It's an everythingness. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. And I think when we look at it that way, there is such peace in that, right? Because when you're one with everything that is, and you are everything that is, we can't lack anything. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So in Buddhism, we have something called the Brahma Viharas or the four awakened mind states of Buddha. And these are mind states that we as practitioners are meant to study and try to cultivate in ourselves for the good of ourselves and all sentient beings. And they are equanimity, sympathetic joy, compassion, action, and loving kindness. But they're all rooted in this idea of oneness, of everythingness, right? So if you have something good for you, happen for you, and I'm seeing that through a worldview of oneness, then it happened to me as well. And now I can practice sympathetic joy. I can rejoice in your happiness because I understand it's my happiness as well. But if I approach it from this mind state of fear of ignorance, like we spoke about in our previous conversation, well, now you have something that I don't. Mm. Now there's a separation there. Now there's an anxiety, an anger, a jealousy. So understanding that oneness of all things is so important to our spiritual practice. And also understanding... Uh, Reverend uh, Earthland Manuel, she calls it the multiplicity of oneness, meaning that we don't disappear because we're one with all things. We are simultaneously an individual and part of a larger whole all at the same time. But we need that dual understanding. Sensei, I could sit here and talk to you, and I'm sure the listeners could sit here and listen to you for days upon days. So I really do hope that you come back on the show, but I want people to be able to dive into your meditation. Before they do that, will you let them know where they can find you, where they can find your book online? Sure, absolutely. The easiest place, if you want to read some additional writings I've done on Buddhism and daily life and how we can integrate these trainings are to my blog, The Same Old Zen. And the URL is just like the name, thesameoldzen.com. Uh, they can also go to my YouTube channel, which can be found through my website, or they can just Google my name, Sensei Alex Kakuyo, K-A-K-U-Y-O. And my videos will pop up. And I post Dharma talks. I also post um, guided meditations there as well. And my book is... Perfectly Ordinary Buddhist Teachings for Everyday Life. That's available. The easiest place would probably be their Amazon or Goodreads, but it's available anywhere books are sold. Sensei, thank you so much for coming on the show and thank you for the meditation that we're going to dive into now. I just feel so blessed that Spirit brought you into my life and into mm -hmm. the lives of all of our listeners. I am so excited for your path and your journey because you are a soul here to touch billions of lives and to help billions of people. And you're here doing the work and you're such a humble soul. And I just thank you for everything that, that you're doing. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me and for the work that you do as well. It's wonderful. Thank you. Hello, friends. My name is Sensei Alex Kakuyo, and I'll be leading you in a guided meditation today where we start with a body scan, getting you very deep into our physical natures. This is important because Buddhism is a very embodied practice. Then after that, we'll do a visualization, which will both show us our own roles in creating the Buddhist Pure Land here on Earth, but then also create one wherever we happen to be today. Now, in order to do this meditation, it's actually best to be sitting in a chair. 
So take a moment to find one, and once you do, make yourself comfortable. Place your feet flat on the floor. Place your hands, palms down on your thighs or your knees, whichever feels most natural. And then once you're settled in, we'll start with the breathing exercise. And what we're doing when we're breathing is we're taking control of our life essence. Everything in life starts with the breath. And when we die, it ends with the breath. So very naturally, when we start our meditation, we start with the breath. So breathe in a little bit deeper than you normally would. And as you do that, extend your stomach out, expanding the diaphragm. And then breathe out. Emptying the lungs as much as you can without making yourself uncomfortable. Then breathe in. Again, extending the stomach out to expand the diaphragm. Filling the lungs. And then breathe out. And just continue in this rhythm for a while. Noticing the feel of your chest expanding and contracting. Noticing the feeling of air moving in and out of your lungs. As it travels up and down your throat. Notice is your mouth moist or is it dry? Are you breathing through your nose or through your mouth? And if the mind wanders, that's fine. Minds do that. Just gently bring your focus back to the breath. And we'll continue with this for just a little while. Thank you for doing that with me. Now we'll begin the body scan. And what we'll do is we'll start with our feet. We won't think anything particular about our feet. We'll just notice the physical sensations. What does it feel like as our feet press against the floor? Is there one side of our feet that's pressing more deeply against the floor than another? Is that a hard surface beneath our feet? Or is it a soft carpet? Are we wearing socks or are we barefooted? And of course, we don't have any particular thoughts one way or another. We just notice these things. Then as we notice these physical sensations, we move our attention from our feet to our ankles, and we very gently, very slowly flex our ankles in rhythm with our breath. So we breathe in, our toes point towards the sky. We breathe out, our toes press into the floor. In, toes go up, out, Toes go gently into the floor. And we'll just stay with this rhythm for a while.
Thank you for doing that with me. Now, we'll stop flexing our ankles. Let our feet rest gently against the floor. Flat. And then we'll move our attention up our legs, to our knees and to our thighs. And we'll notice the sensations that are there. Is one knee a bit more stiff than the other? How does the chair feel against our thighs? Is it hard or soft? Is the surface made of fabric or some other material? And as we notice these sensations, if our mind water wanders, that's okay. Minds do that. We just notice, and then our, bring our focus back to our knees and to our thighs. Excellent. And now that we've done that, we'll be a little bit more active with the meditation. We're going to flex our thighs and our knees and push our feet very gently into the floor. And then we're going to stop. So we breathe in and we relax our legs. We breathe out. And we push our feet gently into the floor. Not straining. Just enough to feel the increase in pressure. In, relax. Out, press our feet into the floor. And we'll just stick with that rhythm for a while. Thank you for doing that with me. Now we'll take our focus off of our knees and off of our thighs. And we'll move it to our shoulders. And we'll just notice what our shoulders feel like. Is our right shoulder a little bit higher than our left? Is there a little tension there? If our shoulders are tense, can we relax them a little bit? Move them closer to the floor without straining? What does our clothing feel against our shoulders? Is it itchy? Is it hot? Is it tight or loose-fitting? We'll just take a moment to notice these physical sensations. And if our mind wanders, that's okay. We just notice and bring it back to the physical sensations in our shoulders.
Great work. Now we'll make the meditation a little bit more active. And what we're going to do is when we breathe in, we'll flex our shoulders up, pushing them as high as we can towards our ears without straining. And then when we breathe out, we'll slowly let them drop to a relaxed position. So we breathe in, our shoulders go up. We breathe out, our shoulders fall back down. And we'll just stick with this rhythm for a while. Thank you for doing that. And now we're going to take our focus off of our shoulders. We're going to focus on the palms of our hands. What do our hands feel like right now? As they're pressed against our legs, are they relaxing gently? Or are they digging into our skin? Are palms sweaty? Are they dry? Do they itch? We just notice the physical sensations without judging them one way or another. And if our mind wanders, that's okay. We just notice and gently bring our focus back to our hands. And we'll stay here for a while. Good work. And now we'll do a more active part of the meditation. As you breathe in, take the palm of your hands and turn them towards the sky. So the top of your hand is resting against your thigh and your palms are pointed towards the ceiling. Then when you breathe out, turn your hands back so your palms are resting against your thigh. So breathe in, palms are up. Breathe out, palms are resting against your thigh. And we'll just stay with this rhythm for a while. Thank you for doing that with me. And now we're going to return the meditation to where it started. Bringing our focus back to the breath. 
And now that we've been breathing mindfully for quite some time and our breath is good and strong, we're just going to revel in that for a while. Again, noticing the sensation of air as it moves up and down our throat, in and out of our lungs. Noticing the expansion and contraction of our chest. We'll just breathe. And as we do this, perhaps a little smile forms on our face. Good. And now, we'll start the visualization portion of the practice, starting by remembering our own inherent enlightenment and visualizing it as a white ball of light in the center of our chest. And it's pulsating. Gets a little brighter every time we breathe in. And it gets a little dimmer every time we breathe out. We just watch it for a while. It's almost like someone has a light switch. We breathe in, it gets brighter. We breathe out, it gets dimmer. On and on. The natural ebb and flow of life. And now, keeping the white light of enlightenment in our minds, in the center of our chest, we're going to add something else to the visualization. We're going to see a black cloud forming around us. And with each breath, the cloud gets a little bit darker and a little bit thicker to the point where we can almost feel it on our skin. So that if we were on the outside looking in, we'd just see nothing but a dark cloud with a small light in the middle, the light again representing our own enlightenment. And we're just going to take a few minutes to make this picture as deep and as detailed as we can as we continue to breathe. And if our minds wander, that's okay. Minds do that. We just notice and gently bring our focus back to the visualization. Thank you for doing that. Now, the black cloud represents the greed, anger, and ignorance of the world. The three poisons, according to Buddha, that we deal with every day 
both within our own minds and in the minds of those around us. We're going to do something right now that may seem a little strange, but I need you to trust me. We're going to breathe in, and as we do that, we're going to visualize all that greed, anger, and ignorance coming into our bodies, like smoke. And as it does that, it's going to come in through our nostrils, down our throat, into our lungs, and it's going to gather around that white light that represents our enlightenment. And as it touches our enlightenment, those poisons are going to be purified. So the black cloud of greed, anger, and ignorance that we breathe in becomes the white light of generosity, compassion, and wisdom. So with each in-breath, we take in a little bit of the black cloud. With each out-breath, we breathe out light. And we just do this over and over again, breathing prayers of generosity, compassion, and wisdom out into the world. And as we do this, the black cloud begins to get a little lighter with every breath. Eventually, going from black to gray, and finally from gray to pure white. And there's no rush, we can take our time as we do this. But as we do this, as we purify the greed, anger, and ignorance of the world, we can sit here and enjoy the Buddhist pure land that we've created. Thank you for doing that. And now we've reached the time for the meditation to end. So slowly, gently, in your own time, allow the visualization to fade away until you're looking at nothing but the back of your eyelids. Return to the breath. Return to the body. And when you're ready, open your eyes.
Thank you again for doing this meditation with me. This is something I hope you take with you. You can do it anytime, anywhere. If you find yourself in a scary or stressful situation, simply visualize yourself breathing in the negativity of the world around you, letting it touch the enlightenment within your chest, and then visualize yourself purifying that negativity. Making the world better and safer with every breath you take. Amidaba. Friends, if you'd like to hear from your angels and loved ones on the other side, book a one-on-one session via phone, FaceTime, or Zoom. You can also work with me one-on-one when you register to take the Angel Reiki School online to develop and use your own unique spiritual gifts. If you're just looking to be able to connect with your own personal angels, the Angel Communication online course will teach you how to hear, feel, and connect with your personal angels more clearly. Friends, if you get benefit from this podcast, please subscribe, rate us five stars, and ask a friend to listen. Don't forget to look in the show notes to see the winner of this month's free drawing. You're entered into the drawing when you write a five-star positive review and email it over to us so that we know how to contact you when you win. Now, if you have time, I want you to pause and do some energy work with me for a moment to lighten, clear, and reset your own energy. To start, I want you to take two deep breaths. Deep breath in. Deep breath out. Deep breath in. Deep breath out. Friends, as I walk you through this, I want you to use your imagination as an energy tool. Friends, your imagination isn't something that's not real. Your imagination is what every human being uses to create physical reality. How does a painter know what to paint? How does a sculptor know what to sculpt? How does a writer know what to write? They see it all within their mind, within the imagination, before it flows through them and is created within physical reality. Friends, I want you to start by seeing yourself surrounded by thousands of angels. These are all angels that work directly for God and they circle around you. They have this light, airy, warm, yummy presence to them. And my friends, they are simply pure love and they radiate their love from their being to yours. I want you to take a moment to just breathe deeply in and out as you see and feel the presence of all of these angels surrounding you, sending their love and light energy to you. next, I want you to see yourself surrounded by your loved ones on the other side. Your angels haven't gone anywhere. They're still right there, but now steps in your loved ones on the other side. Greet them. Welcome them. Take a moment within your imagination to give them the biggest hug and kiss.
Friends, as we do this healing work together, I want you to see that every single being that is surrounding you is just surrounding you because they are connected to God and they want to help you as a soul here on earth to lift your energy, to make it lighter, to take any heaviness out of your aura, chakras, and body. In order for them to help you with this, what I want you to do is voice to them. See yourself in your imagination telling your angels, your loved ones on the other side, God energy of course is there too. Tell them what you are afraid of. I want you to be specific and explain your fears to them now. Now friends, I want you to see your loved ones and angels on the other side comforting you, holding you, wiping away your tears. I want you to see them telling you that you're going to be okay. Your family is going to be okay. I want you to see them showing you in their way from the other side that they are there helping you every step of the way and that they will never, ever leave your side. Friends, I want you to see or feel God energy, this pure, white, radiant light pouring down from above over you. And as you feel this pure love and light, this gentle waterfall just pouring over your head, filling your body, filling your auric field to the outside of you, filling every inch of your being around you. I want you to feel that as this light energy comes in, the highest vibration that is as it gently pours into your being, I want you to feel how all the heaviness within you just releases. With the snap of your finger, God takes every ounce of heavy, low vibrational energy within you. And with that snap of the finger, God turns all of it into the highest vibration, love, light energy. Friends, I want you to imagine within your imagination, your DNA strand. Now, the way that spirit shows me the DNA and what it looks like is if you could imagine that double helix and that within that double helix are millions or billions of doors and windows. And those doors and windows open and close. And as they do, some serve your highest health and good some do not. What I want you to do is say this prayer with me. My friends, this energy work does not have to take a lot of time. You're going to hear me say, use the snap of your fingers because within that snap of the fingers, your intention shifts the energy within your body. So you can say it, but please believe it. Know like you know like you know within your heart that you are changing the energy, the frequency within you to be pure, complete health. So say this little prayer with me now. God, please close all the doors and windows to my DNA that don't serve my highest health. With a snap of your fingers, see those doors and windows close. And God, please open all the doors and windows to my DNA that do serve my highest health. See those doors and windows open with a snap of your fingers. What I want you to do now is see yourself healthier than ever come September of this year. 
daydream, visualize about what that health looks like and feels like to you within your body come September of this year. Take a moment to do this work right now and I'll come back to you with my voice in one minute. Friends, I want you to believe like you believe like you believe that you, your family, your friends, you are protected. You are safe. You are secure. Your angels are looking out for you. God is looking out for you. Your loved ones are looking out for you. See yourself as healthier than ever come September of this year. Now I want you to pray with me for a moment for everyone else. God Please protect our nurses, doctors, and all healthcare professionals around the world. God, may you give each of them strength and protect them. God, please also protect all people who work in grocery stores, food service, or delivery. God, may you give each of them the strength and protection that they need. For all people who are suffering from COVID-19 themselves, God, may you take care of them and heal all who are able to be healed. Surround them with your divine protection. Surround them with angels and help every cell within their body to become completely 100% healthy again. God, for every person who has lost a job or had their income reduced, please clearly show them the path to healing, safety, security, Whisper to them in their hearts the direction that you would have them go. God, for every child on this planet, please help them to receive the attention, love, nurturing, and care that they so desperately need. God, please surround them with angels and allow them to feel the divine presence of your love and warmth. For those filled with hatred, God, We ask you to transmute that hate within their hearts into love energy, and we ask you to open up their hearts to make shifts and positive changes to help them raise their vibration. And everyone who is helping with the COVID-19 effort or response in some way, God, please be with each person who needs your strength. Clearly guide them and protect them with whatever they need at this time. Friends, finally, I want you to visualize Thanksgiving of this year. I want you to take a moment of silence to experience this daydream within your mind. See every single family member and friend and loved one there at the dinner table. See them happy, healthy. Feel the gratitude of this Thanksgiving beyond any other Thanksgiving in the past. Gratitude for being all together. Gratitude for all being healthy. Gratitude for the lessons learned. Gratitude for the relationships that grew deeper and the love that is between you all. Again, my friends, see your spirit team on the other side telling you that you are going to be okay. See them helping you. My friends, God loves you. Your spirit team loves you. I love you. Open up your heart like French doors to all of the unexpected blessings that they're trying to bring into your life right now. May you go forth with your day feeling lighter and living in the high vibration that is God. Go forth in your day surrounded by angels and your spirit team on the other side protecting you. Allow yourself to just be 
Allow yourself to live in the high vibrational frequency that is God and carry it with you throughout your day. Friends, I have to have a disclaimer at the end. This podcast is to educate, inspire, and entertain you on your personal journey towards health and happiness. It is not intended to replace care best provided by qualified professionals. And it is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment.